Welcome to You're Not Crazy, where we talk about mental health matters and normalize talking about mental health. We will have licensed clinicians come in to talk about their specialties and the backside of therapy, with conversations on phrases people use and why they are controversial, attachment styles, burnout, sex and intimacy issues, toxic relationships, trauma, and so much more. Follow us to get the inside scoop on all the topics people are too afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Laura Huckamacki, and I'm the Director of Corporate Development for Michigan Psychological Care. Uploads will be coming every Monday. Let's dig in. Today's episode will be on LGBTQ matters with a very special guest. This guest is Marley Fox, a TLLP for Michigan Psychological Care in our Howell location. Welcome, Marley. Hello. <laughs> so, Marley, what is a TLLP and what do you do for Michigan Psychological Care? Uh, so a TLLP is basically a uh, temporary limited license. So there are a few supervised things that I have to go through through our clinical directors, but I essentially it's the step below passing the licensing exam to be fully licensed. So I am fully licensed to do different different kinds of therapy. Um, I do a lot of trauma-informed personally, and I also do um, mainly ADHD testing and my niece, so various forms of testing. Well, that's awesome because I just met with a physician group that is going to be sending over quite a few ADHD evals for you. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so we're going to get into this Q&A. It's kind of a Q&A kind of conversation, and we're going to get right into it. So we kind of already discussed this, but will you state your name and pronouns if you're comfortable sharing? Yeah, um, my name's Marley Fox. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. And my name is Laura, and my pronouns are she, her. So what does LGBTQIA plus mean and what does it mean to you? Uh, so being LGBT um, is essentially identifying out of the cisgender, how you are assigned at birth um, identification, either a gender sense or a sexuality sense. And for me personally, it's been a really freeing experience to really kind of come into my own and really feel that connection to myself that I never really experienced before I came out. Oh, that's so sweet. So then you mentioned a word, and actually we're going to get into this in a little bit, but cisgender, will you kind of explain what that may be? Uh, yeah, so cis cisgender is basically um, a person identifies or relates to how to the sex that they were assigned at birth. So being cis male means that you are you were born a male, you identify with male pronouns, and anything outside of that would be trans. Awesome. So then... L in LGBTQ is lesbian, G is gay, B is bi, T is trans, and then IA plus, and there's a million other additives that you can add. What are yeah. the IA plus? The IA plus, um, I believe the I is um, intersex, which has been a more recent addition from what I understand. Um, and the A would be anyone on the asexual, aromantic spectrum. Oh, cool. So then... What is an ally? And I know that I have a couple stories with this, but maybe you can dig in on it. Uh, yeah, so an ally is um, essentially anybody who uh, supports the community, supports people in their community, whether it just be hearing their stories or uh, using their preferred name and pronouns. So basically anyone who overtly sh shows support for the LGBT community or their, per their people in the LGBT community, that would be an ally. Awesome. So an ally does not have to be someone in the community. They can be cisgender, heterosexual. And one example that I wanted to use is in St. John's, we have this coalition. It's called the St. John's Call-In Coalition. And I'm actually going to be on the board for that. They provide a pride festival every year now. And the person who runs that, she's amazing. And I don't believe that she is LGBTQIA. I know that tons of the people who help out with the festival are not LGBTQIA, but they are so supportive. They are definitely allies of the community. Yeah. So then I wanted to ask you, because you're going to have a lot more information on this than I will, are mm -hmm. there therapists who specialize in this community? Uh, yeah, there are definitely some... I know, I know a few of uh, my former co-workers when I worked at St. John's um, had, a, had a pretty large LGBT population. Um, I also uh, work with a ton of LGBT populations as well. Um, I believe there are in every location. There's at least a couple people who like 
not work specifically with that community, but definitely have a lot of knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. So I know in our St. John's location, we actually had an LGBTQIA plus group. Um, and that's not running currently, but if there is interest, we could get that started back up again. Our Alma location does actually have a LGBTQIA group. And obviously we have professionals who work with uh, the community as well. I know Howell, we have quite a few people here. Um, Jackson, I know I have a couple people. And then Midland, we definitely have a, a good collection of people who will handle LGBTQ community um, things, essentially. Amazing. So what does LGBTQ have to do with mental health? Uh, so it can actually play a pretty big role in mental health, um, especially, I would say, more in the adolescent years depending on when that person kind of comes out or begins to really experience um or really be able to articulate their experience with their gender and sexuality for the first time uh, it can definitely lead to a lot of feelings of isolation which can lead to different things like depression and anxiety um, and these are some pretty common things that at least i've seen in my work with the community um, and this is can only be further stigmatized as people are supportive or they become more isolated from from their peers uh, due to feeling like they don't fit into the normal mold. Absolutely. And I actually have some stats and information here to share. So LGB adults are more than twice as likely as heterosexual adults to experience a mental health condition. Transgender individuals are nearly four times as likely as cisgender individuals, like we discussed, people whose gender identity corresponds with their birth sex, um, to experience a mental health condition. 40% of LGBTQ plus members have experienced rejection from their family or friends. And the Suicide Prevention Resource Center estimated that between 5 and 10% of LGBT youth, depending on age and sex groups, have attempted suicide, a rate of 1.5 to 3 times higher than heterosexual youth. That's crazy. Now we're really going to dip into terminology, um, and we're both going to kind of hit this from different angles. Mm -hmm. So LGBTQIA plus is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning queer, intersex and asexual or allies. Gender identity, from a definition point, is personal sense of own gender. Most common are man, he, him, woman, she, her, or non-binary, they, them, neither man nor woman. Gender fluid, whatever they prefer. Cryptogender is a gender one cannot discern, describe, or define in human words because, it, because one is puzzled by it. So gender identity is in a sense, how you see yourself, correct, Marley? Yeah, I would say it's more your own relation to gender, um, typically less um, less enforced by the societal norms. It's more your own. It's a more personal experience. So I, for example, identify as she, her. I feel very much she, her because I love all things beauty. I love femininity. But that being said, that doesn't mean a masculine or a he him defining person or they them can't like femininity it's just how they see themselves i see myself yeah. very feminine yeah ex yeah exactly so then next here we have is sexual identity so the sexual attraction towards genders most common are heterosexual bisexual homosexual gay lesbian pansexual, demisexual, and asexual. So I'm going to hit some of those and then maybe we can discuss what that would look like. Yeah. So bi is a sexual attraction to men and women, two or more genders. Pan is gender blind in a sense, which I don't know if we even use that phrasing anymore. Do you know if we still use that phrasing? Gender blind? I hadn't heard it. Ah, so maybe that's something I need to look up. Sexual attraction to a person, not their gender, is pan. Demisexual is a sexual attraction only once a deep and meaningful relationship has been built. Asexual means no sexual attraction to any gender. Uh, heterosexual is a sexual attraction to an individual of opposite gender as self, so a man being interested in a woman. Mm -hmm. Homosexual is sexual attraction to individual of the same gender as self, typically women and women or men and men. But I did want to throw this at you. So what about with trans individuals? If if they identify as a woman but were born male, 
and they are seeing a cis man, would that be a heterosexual relationship? Yes, correct? I think I think it would be just more in the eyes of the person, uh, depending on their relationship with their own gender. Because um, I, um, personal friends of mine, um, you know, have, have had that similar dynamic and they don't identify that way. It's a very, oh. it's a very personal, like between the couple, how they choose to kind of navigate that. So then what would that look like? So for example, they don't identify that way in a heterosexual relationship. Would they identify in a homosexual relationship? Uh, what would they see themselves as sometimes? Um, I mean, they may, they may view it as, as straight or straight passing. Mm -hmm. Um, they may, they may view it as gay because, or they may view, they may view it that way just because that was how they were biologically born. And that's something that they take more, consider more in terms of their uh, romantic identity. Okay. So then would a more safe term to use for some anyways, be a queer relationship maybe? Uh, depending on the person. I know that just depending on uh, the generation you ask, queer has been a very mm-hmm. ostracized term. It's only really recently that I that I've personally seen people begin to use it more. So it's definitely a use the word with caution. <laughs> definitely I get that because if I'm remembering correctly and I'm from the UP, so things are a little different up there. Um, but when I was in like middle, early high school, I'm pretty sure people still use the word queer as... A negative thing so I think it's been really recent that that's turned into just how people prefer to identify yeah yeah very very recent interesting so next we have on here is romantic identity so before we actually get into that let's go back into the sexual identity so is there anything else you wanted to share on that how um, gender can impact sexual identity or what sexual identity is I think it's just very important to keep in mind that no matter how the person identifies, um, it's those labels and things are very unique to the individual. So even though it may look one way, it's definitely it's definitely worth um, really getting to know them before making any any assumptions or putting any labels that aren't theirs to give. Exactly. So it would be almost like you would do with anything. Ask before you speak. Yeah. So then romantic identity is whom one feels romantically involved with. Most common are heteroromantic, aromantic, homoromantic, biromantic, panromantic, demiromantic, and then we can refer to the above attractions for that. So heteroromantic would be interested romantically in the opposite gender. Aromantic would be not interested in anyone romantically. Homoromantic would be interested in someone of the same gender as you romantically. Biromantic would be two or more genders that you're interested in romantically. Panromantic is gender blind. Still have to look up that word, but that's what we're going to use for now. And then demiromantic would be a romantic attraction once a deep connection has been formed. Do you have anything to add to that? I I think that you covered them all them all pretty well uh they they can de- they're definitely very they can definitely overlap with with a lot of the uh, sexual identities as well okay so this next one i'm gonna kind of hit in a very surface level almost and then let you really take the reins on this because i think this is your wheelhouse um so gender expression and we kind of hit this a little bit earlier how one portrays appearance most common are feminine femme masculine mask butch stud stem and androgynous so feminine like i said earlier is girly womanly like i like makeup. I like frilly and sparklies and pink and dresses and heels. But that being said, a man could be feminine. It doesn't have to be a woman, but that's what feminine is. Masculine or manly would be more so, uh, uh, how do you describe masculine? (laughs) Masculine is, is essentially what you would think of as typical man so like I mean I guess when I think of it I think of football players lacrosse soccer but it could also just be someone who wears you know khakis and a t-shirt rather than dresses so I mean 
Man, yeah. I never thought that I would be so stumped over the word masculine. <laughs> um, so then butch is a quote-unquote manly for, for women. Um, do you know if that term is still being used? Um, I know people, I think, I think it's one of those, one of those things that kind of falls along with the queer wheelhouse where it's definitely ask the person, um, and they can definitely relate to that word or that label in a very different way, depending on who you ask. Okay. Yeah. Cause I heard it a lot in the past and I feel like in the last, I don't know, several years, I haven't really heard it used as much, but one thing that, and I'm actually going to hit this one next, stud. I hear that one and you, you hear it a lot on TikTok of masculine lesbians and so they say oh you're a stud but in reality a stud is a black woman or latina woman who expresses appearance as masculine or butch it cannot be a white person and most of the time i was seeing it on tiktok it was it was a white masculine lesbian that honestly doesn't surprise me (laughs) um i think i think i think that that's definitely a big thing of people loving to step into other spaces so this one's difficult because you do, per the definition anyways, need to be a black woman or Latina woman exper- or expressing appearance as a masculine or butch woman. But then are white women and those of other backgrounds just considered butch or masculine? W- would that be more appropriate? I think it would definitely be more appropriate. Uh, like I said, very dependent on the person. Yeah. For sure, but that one phrase should be kind of held for women of black descent and Latina descent. Yes, yes. Okay. So then STEM, this is one that is alternating between feminine and masculine appearance. And oftentimes I see this in the next phrase or the next term we're going to use for non-binary individuals. So sometimes a lot of the non-binary people that I know want to switch between using feminine and masculine appearance. The next one would be androgynous. So neither feminine nor masculine, uh, kind of in between. Mm -hmm. And that's how a lot of the non-binary people I know like to express themselves, though they can be very feminine all the time, very masculine all the time. Could you hit non-binary in terms of expression a little bit? Um, yeah, so um, definitely clothes do not make the gender. So in terms of androgynous or, or STEM, it, it just depends on what makes that person comfy or what, you know, what makes them feel most confident. If it's makeup, it's do it. Yeah. Whatever makes them feel like their best self, whether it's exclusively one way or the other. I love that just in general because me, as girly as I am, I love dresses and I love heels, but... When I'm home, and I make this joke all the time, but it's pretty true, and some of my friends have screenshot FaceTimes with me, I say I look like Adam Sandler because (laughs) I wear, like, a massive T-shirt and big basketball shorts and Crocs. And usually the T-shirt's, like, purple and the shorts are orange, and my Crocs are, like, grandma color beige. So I say I look like Adam Sandler, and that's how I'm comfortable at home, but I would not go out in public like that. I mean, yeah. I probably would, but not often. <laughs> so I actually have this picture here, and I, I want people to look it up. It's called the gingerbread person, and it kind of has a picture of a gingerbread man. And it has identity, and it's pointing to the brain. Expression, which is pointing to everything on the body. Orientation, which is pointing to the heart. And then sex, which is pointing to, like, the sexual organs. So gender identity, per this gender-bred person, is on the left side, it's woman. On the right side, it's man. And then in the middle, middle, it's gender queer. And this says gender identity is how, in your head, you think about yourself. It's the chemistry that composes you, example, hormonal levels, and how you interpret what that means. Gender expression, left side again, is feminine this time. Right side is masculine, and then in the middle is androgynous. And this is gender expression is how you demonstrate your gender based on traditional gender roles through ways you act, dress, behave, and interact. And I guess we never really even hit the way that you act or interact or behave that could all be part of your identity of your sense of self and everything as well right yeah absolutely um 
difference in a difference in upbringing can definitely make a huge difference as well. You know, parental parental expectations of gender expression and that can play a pretty pretty huge role in how you engage with the rest of the world. Awesome. So then biological sex here, female on the left, male on the right, intersex in the middle. Biological sex refers to the objectively measurable organs, hormones, and chromosomes. Female equals vagina, ovaries, XX chromosomes. Male equals penis, testes, XY chromosomes. Intersex is a combination of the two, which I personally don't know any intersex people. I have read somewhere that Lady Gaga is intersex, but I don't know if that's true. That, That could just be, you know drama. Hmm. So sexual orientation is heterosexual on the left, homosexual on the right, bisexual in the middle. Sexual orientation is who you are physical, physically, spiritually, and emotionally attracted to based on their sex, gender, and in relation to your own. So people should definitely look this up because I think it's a more easy to understand expression of how this all works. Mm -hmm. And there's also um, the gender unicorn, which is one that I've used for like younger, for like younger, younger, uh, younger clients of mine who are experiencing some of those things. That's a more, a more accessible for younger people thing as well. I have to look that up. I've actually never heard of it. Okay. So I have a good question and I feel like you're going to have some good answers to this. I feel like maybe I'll have a good answer to this. What do I do if I'm not out? That is a good, that is a good question. Um, well, definitely, definitely the first thing is establishing physical safety. Depending on the, on the living situation you're in, are you, are you able to come out safely without threat to your physical safety, your housing safety, uh, different things like that, that is critically important, um, in terms of the coming out process. Um, and... Even just determining if someone is safe to come out to um, can be a huge thing. Um, whether it's a teacher or a close friend or a trust or a trusted family member that may not may or may not be your parents, um, a sibling, uh, different things like that. It can de- um, there's definitely a lot of nuance and a very personal experience. So, is it ever a thing where somebody just? doesn't want to come out not because they don't fear for their safety or how people react but they just don't want to oh uh, absolutely it's just it may not be a crucial like a huge way in which they view themselves um it may not just be something that they really want to face head on at that point gotcha i know that lgbtq is a huge part of some people's expressions so it's in their eyes who they are Mm -hmm. um and then there's others who are in the community that it's just a part of them and they don't want it to become who they are so for example i have lots of friends who love rainbows and everything that shows that they are proud to be gay bi trans whatever it is and then i have other people in my life who prefer not to show anything rainbow don't really want it to be the topic that you talk about even though they're not embarrassed to be gay by trans they just don't want it to be seen as who they are does mm-hmm. that make sense yeah yeah absolutely yeah I've, I've had several clients who the topic of lgbt um didn't come up for a good few months before as i was working with them um, and it wasn't until then that it became even a pertinent part of the conversation. And even that, it wasn't a huge, huge factor in our session at all. It was just a thing that is. So it just really depends on the person. So let me ask you then, is it something that you bring up right away or do you wait for people to ask you? Because I remember when we first met, before you even introduced who you were, I said, Hi, I'm Laura. Um, and I knew that your name was Marley because, you know director of corporate development i see all the people coming through the website and whatnot yeah um and then i asked you your pronouns right off the bat so i guess i don't really know do you tell people right off the bat or do you wait for them to ask i think it depends on the person um usually um if i um, refer to a client who i know is trans or who has been out as trans um and i'm aware of that information i i like to do that because it's just it's a really subtle way to be like 
you know, that's a, the, this is a safe space. This is something that's considered. Um, and for others, it's just not something that comes up. And if it does, it does. It's not really a pertinent part of the conversation. So I know that there's obviously in the world, there's, there's going to be people mad about everything. Yes. But for the most part, every time I've asked somebody what their pronouns are, no one has ever really gotten upset. Most of the times, even if people are presenting the way that they want their pronouns to be, so let's say they are presenting feminine and they want their pronouns to be she, her, and I still ask, they say thank you. Thank you for asking because it is a respectful thing to ask, what do you prefer to be referred as? Just like you prefer yeah. to be called, you know, Sam instead of Samantha or, you know, Jim instead of Jimmy. It's it's preference, and I think that it, people should be more willing to ask what pronouns are without fear that they are going to get mad at, essentially, mm -hmm. or that the other is going to get mad at them. It's kind, yeah. It's kind of crazy to me how many how how conflicting I've heard. Where like, I've I've never had a negative experience doing that, but it's also very viewed as not something that you ask or inappropriate to ask but it's it can be such a validating thing not only for uh people in the community but also people who may be intersex or like those those secondary characteristics just aren't really defined so it can be really val validating just to be respected in their identity it's a super simple thing so i have a question and this actually just popped into my mind so there is you know man woman trans, all of the things in between, everything. Mm -hmm. Is there instances where somebody, like, they want to change their appearance by the day? You know, they are... What is that? What was the word for that? I can't even think of it. Gender but, fluid? Gender fluid. So, one day want to be called she, her. Next day want to be called he, him. Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. Ab absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that people are able to express themselves freely and, and not fear being judged. Or even if they do fear being judged, they still have the strength to present themselves the way that they want to. I love that. So next one is important for those listening. If you need resources, um, we have a couple crisis helplines here. And then I also, like mentioned earlier, the St. John's Calling Coalition is a great place to look for resources. Then we have the Tre Trevor Project, which is 866-488-7386. The National Suicide Helpline is 988 Transgender Michigan's 24-7 crisis line is 855-345-TGMI, which is 8464. And then do you have any books, shows, anything, hotlines that may be helpful to those um, in the community? Um, books. Um, my personal favorite, um, it's a YA book um, uh, called Symptoms of Being Human, and it's... Um, it's a book that, that follows a gender-fluid protagonist, and it's, I think, the first documentation of any, not, at least first in my experience, of a main character being anything not cis. So that was, um, I found that to be super helpful for anybody who may be in that in-between. Um, and there are tons of different books around, like, different, um, um, different uh, LGBT romance novels, different things like that. Um, representation like that has become much more accessible. Exactly. And especially in the last couple of years, they have been putting more LGBTQ roles on the TV. I think really when I really started noticing it was probably Orange is the New Black, which is not super appropriate for me to discuss what that is. But that show really kind of helped kickstart way more LGBTQ representation into TV shows and movies. And I know yeah. we had been doing better about representing that before that. But I think, and, and maybe it wasn't that. Maybe it was just the time that it was. But after that, I saw almost a like a switch flip in TV and movies where almost everything has representation of LGBTQ roles now. Yeah, yeah. It's becoming much more, it's becoming much more apparent, even in kids shows. Yes. Um, I personally love Steven Universe, and that is such a great, like, accessible way to, like, view those different things as well. I'm trying to think, what was the, the Disney movie that everyone just had problems with because there was two girls kissing in it? Oh, gosh. Ugh. 
Maybe it was, it wasn't Little Mermaid, it was it Cinderella, I don't know what it was, but there was a Disney movie that people were having some conniptions about LGBTQ roles being played in it, but, I mean, it's, it's a part of real life, you're, there are LGBTQ people in the world, you are going to see them, you cannot shelter anyone from ever not seeing it, you know? No, no, it's, that's becoming, it's becoming increasingly difficult to shelter from that aspect of life and not that there are more people in the community though there are because we have a higher population now um but people just feel more comfort in coming out so when they say well everybody's gay or bi now that's not true one but two people are more comfortable coming out because if you look in the past people were beaten and murdered or you know severely bullied for this type of thing and not saying that that's not still happening it definitely is which is terrible but in the past it was such a stigma around lgbtq matters that you couldn't come out and, and be safe so yeah you're gonna see more people out nowadays so actually that kind of rolls into our next question here look at that i didn't <laughs> even realize um how have the times changed for the lgbtq community in the last several years i'll let you take away on that um, the last several years where I, I definitely think that there's been huge changes just based on the political climates, um, and that that's not only brought a lot of, a lot of really positive progress, but also a lot of new fear that I, that has come up over the past few years. Um, and also with the rise of like the internet and electronic communication and stuff like access to support within the community has become much more accessible than it was in the past, um, which is also kind of a double-edged sword because it leaves a lot of room for misinformation and a lot of room for um, harmful opinions to be publicly consumed and leave a lot of really negative, negative views on the community. So I've actually asked this in the last couple episodes where I have people on. Do you think that TikTok is helping to represent the LGBTQ community well, or do you think that it is um, almost putting a target on our backs? I think, I think like with any sort of social media, it's all about how you use it and who's using it. So it all just depends on who you, who you support, who comes across the algorithms, um, cause that's going to be what you see. So. I would say depending on the person, it can be a bit harmful because there's that algorithm and that com confirmation bias that comes through in those things. And that can make it really easy to reinforce your own opinions, even if they're harmful. I also just want to throw out that oftentimes when I see comments on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is, and somebody is hating on another, whether it's LGBTQ or someone's makeup, because I watch a lot of makeup videos, not gonna lie, um, or, you know, about their family or a craft they're doing, oftentimes it comes from jealousy. So in, in this instance, it could be somebody commenting and being like, oh, you know, oh, he's gay, that's so weird, or you're going to go to the negative place downstairs. Um, that could be because they're in the closet and don't feel comfortable coming out sometimes. Not saying that's all the time, but, I mean, I've seen it a lot of times where people are really negative about the LGBTQ community and then come out, like, five, ten years later. Yeah, yeah. So we already kind of went over this. I don't know if you have more to add. If not, we'll just move to the next question. But what is the difference between sexuality, sexual orientation, and gender identity? Maybe we can just clarify because I might not have done well with that. Yeah, um, I, I think that, that you did um, pretty well. So uh, gender identity being something that um, how you relate to your own sense, sense, of, sense of gender and how you feel like you relate within the world. Um, sexual orientation being how um, how you are romantically um, involved with other people and sexual orientation being the being the romantic attraction to others okay what are some words that may be seen as offensive and I know this is difficult because everybody has a different brain and a different um, 
view on this because I know some people will see queer as an offensive word still and some yes. people love it. Yes. Some people will see like gay as offensive and some people love it. So I actually have a friend who is a, he- a homosexual man and he prefers to be called homosexual rather than gay. Mm-hmm. And he does not like to be called a gay man. He he prefers to be called homosexual. Mm-hmm. I obviously respected that and go with that. But what are some words that could be seen as negative? I mean, we know the word fag. Yes, yes. Um, uh, Dyke being the lesbian equivalent, mm-hmm. uh, that's another one. Um, and like I said, it's all just depending on who you ask. Because I feel like there's been a wonderful trend of reclaiming a lot of these negative stigmas. So... Mm-hmm. Um, definitely in the recent years. So it's definitely a very personal relation to the words. Um, tranny being another one. Oh, yeah. Um, you mentioned. Um, trying to think. I think we hit all the big ones. Um, are there any that you can think of? Let me think. Honestly, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I know that the community has done a pretty good job in the last couple of years of, like you said, reclaiming those words. So, um, Ones that may have been offensive in the past are kind of slowly becoming more acceptable to use because we're using them in a positive manner instead of a negative. Okay, so this is a good question for those who may be wanting to seek therapy here. How is MPC, Michigan Psychological Care, building a place of inclusion for LGBTQ staff and clients? Um, so in terms of staff... Um... I, I was originally an intern in St. John's before I transferred full-time to work in the Howell location. Um, and everybody was incredibly queer-friendly. Um, it was not something that I really really expected in the work, workplace as MPC was like the first job that I worked where I was like authentically me from the start. And everybody was just fantastic. Um, they definitely created a very welcoming space that I think is indicative to their work with clients. So that makes, that makes me very happy. Um, I, um, every, everybody is also very, very loves, loves to ask questions, which I love. Um, I, I, I love when, when people really want to get more information and really serve, serve their best for the clients. So having, seeing everybody's growth and willingness to learn, I think is just a huge step in making all of our clients who are in the community just feel safe. Yeah, and I just want to point out that Michigan Psychological Care has people in the community from every office. So if if you're looking to see somebody who really understands, you can find that at each office. And on top of that, a lot of our higher-up administration are part of the community. And so we're working very hard to hire everybody, be inclusive of all gender identities, sexual identities, um, races, everything that you can think of, backgrounds, everything. We want to be as inclusive as possible here at Michigan Psychological Care. What are some misconceptions of trans people? And I have one that will hurt a lot of people's hearts, but I want you to go first. Um, uh, Transition is linear. So I think that when people have an idea of transition, uh, whether it's social or uh, medical, I think uh, people will have an idea of how that will look or the process that they have to go through, and that that's a very personal thing. And I think and having that be such a kind of cliche thing, I think um, can really have an impact in a person's transition journey. Um, and also, just you're never too old. And I think that there's a Aww. there becomes a point where people think that that they don't have access to that care anymore, or that it may not be worth that care anymore, um, or just have that really negative mindset towards it. And that's that's never true. Exactly. And the instance that I have, and I am absolutely appalled to even have to share this, but one of my close friends actually experienced this in the workplace and actually in the healthcare setting where they were working in a hospital and their, I guess like the doctor or maybe it was uh, some administration, I don't know who it was, had not realized that this friend was trans and had said that trans people are pedophiles and they just can't pick what they were born they like why can't they just settle and that hurt my heart because how can you decide for someone 
why does somebody else doing what makes them happy harm you so much? Ask yourself that. Why is somebody else's happiness, if it's not affecting anybody else, and realistically this is not, why is it harming you? It shouldn't be. No, not at all. Just as, you know, if you're happy to walk your dog and somebody says, you can't walk your dog, that's weird. You would still walk your dog and then you'd brush that off as like just a stupid person saying something stupid. But when it comes to the community who's already so bullied, it's harmful to say those things. And honestly, it's disgusting that he felt comfortable saying that in front of the whole staff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I th- and and I and I think that this also goes um, hand in hand with like the LGBT community as well. That um, that the whole everybody's this nowadays kind of thing. I think that that's also because it's becoming so normalized and the access is there that people are not, are aren't seeing how how big we are, and they're they're now just as as everybody's becoming more comfortable being themselves and being out. That that's a huge thing. Exactly. And you know what? I have been friends with people who have transitioned without me knowing that that was even on its way of making. They're still the same people. They have the same heart. They have the same intelligence. And I still am going to love them for who they are. If anything, letting them transition means you get to see more of that. Yes, because then they really blossom. They bloom, like, as a person. Mm -hmm. They are more comfortable in who they are. Oftentimes, they're going to be a little bit more, like, outgoing and happy with themselves. And why don't you want to see people happy? Like, you should want to see everyone happy. (laughs) Absolutely. So then, here's the next question. What are some things a person can go through when coming out? And what is coming out? Because we've talked about that a couple times. Uh, So coming out is kind of the telling someone or everyone in your circle that you are a part of the community or an aspect of yourself. It doesn't necessarily mean how it have to be exclusively for the community at all, but it's, it's, um, it's a very personal process by which someone really begins to accept and publicly announce their, their identities. Yes, and actually this has nothing to do with that, but I just thought of it. Um, someone who is bi... If they are, let's say, a woman dating a man, they are still a bi person, even though they may be in a heterosexual relationship. Um, They're still a bi person. So, you know, coming out, sometimes it's hard in that instance, too, where you feel like you need to come out multiple times just because you're dating someone of the opposite gender. Mm -hmm. But coming out is just expressing who you are. Yeah. So, Marley, I want to know a little bit more about your story. What is the moment you knew? Um, huh. Um, so, like, um, so I, I identify as a gay trans, trans person. And so I, th- I think that I, I knew that I was, like, not straight since I was a very early teen. But it was definitely not a safe environment for me to even really look at that aspect of my identity until until I had moved out to go to college. And even then, it took me years to really become that person for myself. Um, and um, being non-binary, that was really not, definitely not really educated on in schools. Uh, I grew up in a very small town where access to even just the language wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So as I began kind of interacting more living living in Ann Arbor living in a very LGBTQ area I got that education and it was just kind of this this click like an aha moment mm-hmm. so you mentioned being non-binary and gay what does gay look like for you then uh so I I I personally just prefer the term um because my my fiance is also trans um so that's just kind of what we determine is probably it works best. So it like like I said, an an example of it really just depends on the person. I love that. What would you say to somebody who's asking how to accept themselves? Asking how to accept themselves. That's a good question. Yeah, because realistically, you you that's something that you do through time. 
accepting yeah. yourself. You just need to... There is nothing wrong with you if you're in the community at all. And maybe you just need to find those who support you and, and help you realize that there's nothing wrong with you. But accepting yourself takes some time. It definitely takes time. And, you know, my, my therapist brain would probably just want to know where that stemmed from. So just what, what kind of things did you learn growing up about the community that makes doing that hard? Yeah. And also just, like I said, like, in my personal experience, being in a very LGBT supportive space really was like my own exposure therapy because that's not something that I was around before right. growing up in my small town. Yeah, so, I grew up in the UP. There was <laughs> basically nothing up there. Yeah. <laughs> so can you share anything on physical transformation, doctor's appointment, binders, hormones, etc.? Is there anything more specific that you'd want to know? Or mm. just a broad info dump? Broad, broad info dump, and if you have anything specific you want to share, feel free to. I know, like, binders more so, like, towards um, a female person who wants to be seen either as trans or, like, non-binary trans or <laughs> just androgynous, so that kind of a thing. But if you're transforming... So, you know, if you're going from female to man, right, because would that be the right words? Female, born female, because that's chromosomes. Otherwise, it would be woman mm -hmm. for identity. Yeah, let's yes. hit that, actually. <laughs> so why don't you hit that? Because I'm just going to confuse them more. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, male and female definitely being the um, the more accepted, like, biological sex uh, markers um, and, like, Man, man being the more tricky one because like male, because it's so similar to male. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, female and woman, I think, um, are very different. I didn't even think of that before. But yeah, they're, it's, it's very different in how similar the male identities are cons as yeah. opposed to female. I guess so in a sense, female and male are biological. That's how you are born, and then woman mm -hmm. and man is how you want to be seen as. Yes, um, yes, that's a great way to put it. So then transforming from, let's say, female to man or male to woman, mm -hmm. how would that look? Because I know that, like, hormones, what about therapy? Do you have to go to therapy to transition? I know that, like, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the therapy to transition, uh, that definitely depends on the in, the insurance company. Um, mm -hmm. So in my personal experience, because um, I am I am actually, yesterday marks my six months of being on testosterone. Yay! Um, so I went through U of M, which has a wonderful informed consent clinic. Um, so it really just depends on what your insurance will cover and what you can find in your area, because some people don't have the access to informed consent clinics, so they do need therapist letters and they need someone to really write off that they are mentally okay to do this which I think is kind of silly considering that all of that might be relieved if they get the care they need <laughs> um that's my hot take uh but there there are definitely other things like like you mentioned binders um that can be a great way to kind of um for an a afab person to be able to flat flatten their chest and get a more masculine androgynous like silhouette um, definitely do your research um, to find one that's great for you. Um, there are definitely some not so great brands that can really impact your safety. The and, tissue can mm -hmm. be actually physically harmed. Yeah, it can uh, be harmed. And also if if any surgical transition is something you want in the future, it can actually make that more complicated. Oh. Yeah, so definitely watch the safety um, and just go about it in the health, health, healthiest way you can. And I know that not a lot of people want to hear that, but it's definitely worth it in the long run. Yeah, a lot of people are looking for a quick fix, and this is not something that's a quick fix type of thing. You want to be safe. You want to be healthy. Don't buy hormones on the side of the street. Go to a <laughs> physician or, you know, see a therapist. And I know that, like you said, a lot of people, depending on their insurance... For example, my friend had to see two therapists to sign off before they could get top surgery. Top surgery yep. is cutting off the breast tissue for um, a female looking to either just be flat-chested or transitioning to non-binary or male. Mm -hmm. um, 
Now, hormones, like you said, you're six months on T, yay. Yes. Um, there is also, so there's T, testosterone, and there is estrogen, and that would be for someone wanting to present female, correct? Yes, yes. So T, someone who wants to be androgynous to male, or mm -hmm. man, and then estrogen would be for somebody who wants to be androgynous to woman. Yes. Okay, yes. cool. Yeah, and, and, the, and that, it's actually, um, from what I understand, um, it's, actu it's, it's actually surprisingly hard, more difficult for uh, trans femmes to have access to their gender-affirming medications uh, mm -hmm. just because of the, the stigma of uh, the females being less than or why would you, or being more stig stigmatized because you are going to what is viewed as a superior gender to something in viewed as inferior uh, so that can actually make it more difficult for them to have access to their meds which which makes it even more more important to go through somewhere that's medically safe for you and there are definitely um there are definitely good places to look um to look like medical wise to get get access to all of those things how would you find that like what would you google um, <laughs> if you were to have to start all over again what would you google um so I, w I would definitely first, uh, whatever insurance you have access to, just kind of see what they cover. Um, um, so living in the state of Michigan, I was very lucky to have a lot of my gender-affirming care um, completely covered, but I know in, not, in some places that's not the case. So it definitely can vary from state to state, uh, but there are definitely like different online clinics and things like that that will... Um, that can help with like people with a lower financial status who are looking to go through those things great so dead names i'm just gonna hit this one quick in and out and then i'll let you put your thing in so dead names is a name that you were born with that you don't identify with for example if someone's mm -hmm. named uh susan at birth and doesn't identify with that wants to be called jim susan would be the dead name so mm -hmm. then do you want to hit that, like, choosing a name, dead names, anything on that? Uh, so, um, rule of thumb, if someone has a preferred name, do use your best it. to use it. <laughs> um, and for all, all the parents out there listening, uh, I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but I promise you, your children will be the happiest. Um, it, it can be a really hard thing, especially knowing someone for so long with that name. I know even in the community myself, uh, with trans friends, I've had difficulties even myself and have ac accidentally dead named them. Um, if, if it happens, uh, you know, just move forward, be more conscious. Um, mm -hmm. And depending on the depending on the person and how they respond, uh, do your best to like respect what they want in that regard. Yeah. Um, and in terms of choo choosing a name, that's kind of just uh, like, a, again, a very personal choice. Um, I know people who um, have talked, talked to their families and been like, what would you have named me if I was born a male? Um, Aww. if this is, uh, like a trans mass person. Um, so they make it an inspiration from their, from their dead name or from their parents. Um, mine, uh, I just really like, I don't know. I just really like the sound of it. I don't, I, I really don't know what it was about it that really click, clicked for me, but it did. Um, so can I ask you, is Marley your birth given name? No. It is not. No. Oh, no. well, I love it. <laughs> um, no, it is not. Um, thank, thank you. I picked it myself. I love it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, just be respectful. Um, if messing up is, can be, can be an un unfortunate part of it. It's just about the conscientiousness and mm -hmm. it can also just be about the intent. Exactly. So, so if you accidentally dead name someone, which I'm guilty of, I've accidentally done it. You've known somebody for, you know, 10 years, even if you've only known them for one year, but you've been calling that since the time that you met them, you're bound to accidentally dead name them at some point. Mm -hmm. What do you do in that instance? Most people prefer you to say, or just like pretend like it didn't happen almost in a way and just fix it and use their their name mm -hmm. so for you if i dead named you i would just say marley and then move on some people yep. do prefer you to apologize and say i'm so sorry marley um but in most instances from everybody that i know would rather you just fix it and move on don't make a big deal of it 
Yeah, that's kind of, that. that's been my experience as well. And obviously, if someone does want that, like, ap apology, you know, just understand. Mm -hmm. Try to understand their perspectives. Yeah. So, this is for... I'm just going to read the question because otherwise I'm going to mess this up. Um, it says, what to do if I think someone is in the community but hasn't told me? Should I let them know it's okay or let them come to me? Um, so there, there are definitely things that you can do uh, to help someone help yourself just pass, pass the vibe check and make them want mm -hmm. to. Or make them know that you're at least a comfortable person when they're ready. Um, even just asking for their pronouns. Yes. Or asking if they have a preferred name. Um, little things like that. Just That's your conscientious. That's your kind of at least a little bit educated in kind of where where the community is in that regard. Yeah, um, and I think can make that... it a, can make can be a huge thing. And also just the way that you interact with others in the community while you're around them can be a huge thing. Yeah, you just hit it on the nose. I was going to say that the way you react about LGBTQ matters will also give them a feeling that maybe they can come out to you mm -hmm. in their own time. Don't pressure anyone to come out to you. But a way that you could slyly let them know that you are a safe person to come out to is just to bring it up, not about them, but like in public. Let's say you see a, a gay couple holding hands, you'd be like, oh, that's so cute. You know, something so small that isn't like, hey, girl, hey, boy, I know. But they would then know that you are accepting and maybe feel comfortable telling you. But mm -hmm. again, it's on their own time. So, how do you support the community? You personally, and how can others support the community? Um, so, um, uh, the biggest thing is just listening, listening to us. Just listen, listen, listen to our experience. Um, educa educate yourself on different things as they, as they come up. Look for unbiased news. Uh, try to get as most accurate information as you can. And communicate with the community. Um, if you have someone close with um, you know, just engage, engage with them, learn. Any any sort of edu education is is can be huge as mm -hmm. I think that a lot of a lot of the um, a lot of the bigger things surrounding different trans LGBT issues is people fear what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And the more that they know, the more that that become the more that that good information becomes more common the better we all just want to be as educated as possible that's kind yes. of the bottom line there um so then the next question and we already kind of went over this is how to address someone if you don't know their pronouns since we already went just ask or you know get that information from them privately or you know ask them um i have a fun story about that one so i was talking with our coo about this video or maybe it was something I read on Facebook where this older man was in the grocery store and the person stocking the shelves um was very androgynous looking so you can't really tell are they male female man woman intersex non-binary what you, you couldn't tell right mm -hmm. and so this man was struggling to say because he was trying to say thank you they helped him with something and he was trying to say thank you and didn't know what to say and so he just saluted them and said captain and so from then on our coo and i anytime we see someone where we don't know their pronouns we just call them captain because i mean i feel like it's so cool <laughs> oh, I, I, I love that. It's pretty cute. But um, this is a good question, and I know the answer. You know the answer. Can you be homophobic or transphobic or biphobic, etc., while being in the community? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that the biggest thing there is people have their own ideas about what their identities are. And a lot of that, I think, stems from either their own internalized uh, work to do or even just projecting their ideas of what that might look like onto others. Yeah. Which can be really harmful and really invalidating to others in the community who may not be transitioning or expressing themselves in the same way. Yep. And I know the phrase used for somebody who, let's say, is gay would be internalized homophobia. 
And it would be the same thing with, you know, internalized transphobia. And it's harmful because you may just be picking on yourself, but you're also picking on others who have worked so hard to be accepting of themselves. So try not to do that, people. <laughs> um, so then how do you respond when somebody is disrespecting the community? What do you do? Uh, so I personally, I personally approach those things with a grain of salt or the idea that people people fear what they don't know mm -hmm. so a lot of the times it's just a hey you may not you may not know this but what you're saying here could be harmful for this that or the other um and then depend and hopefully it's received well hopefully and if it is an unsafe situation for example like let's say you're walking in a grocery store holding your partner's hand and somebody gives you a negative look or says something or you know comes at you in a aggressive manner it is best to just leave that altogether leave the situation if you need to go get help go get help but people there are going to be some people who are angry and and hateful and you just need to not take that to heart because they definitely have some learning to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it it can be it can be a really hard thing. And obviously, and uh, there obviously that's where the support comes in is being able to process those things. Yeah, um, like I said, it's a lot of pe people fear what they don't know mm -hmm. or uneducated things. Um, my fiance and I once were we went to like an apple orchard and. We were walking and we heard someone behind us go, oh, they're such great pals. <laughs> and it was just the funniest thing. And it's just, it's little things like that. Like, just make, just make, make sure you're safe. My partner and I were, I don't know if we were at dinner or if we were walking somewhere, but somebody said, oh, are you guys sisters? We looked nothing alike at all. We were holding hands and we, I am, I have blonde hair. I'm super pale. I have green eyes. I, I'm just, I mean, you can get a vision just based off of that. And she is long, dark brown hair, brown eyes. She's way more tan than I am. We have different facial features. Like my our eyes are different shapes, our nose are different shapes, our teeth, our cheeks, everything is different. We look nothing alike and we're holding hands and somebody asks if we're sisters. What? <laughs> so anyways, next question. LGBTQ and religion. Anything you want to share on that because that's a difficult topic. Um, so I, I'm not a really religious person. Um, so I personally don't know how much I'll be able to add, mm -hmm. um, but I do think that a lot of the religious views that people will use to invalidate the community and stuff, I think, are based in, on some very outdated theology. And I think that it would bode well to just take those things with a grain of salt. There are accepting churches if you are somebody who wants to continue religion and be comfortable in the LGBTQ community, there are definitely churches that are accepting. And sometimes it's even on their billboards or they're like leaving a little signs outside their their churches. It'll oh, say uh, LGBTQ absolutely. friendly or welcoming all. Um, but it's definitely good to just go feel it out because you know when it's right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely worth it. That being a part of part of one's identity, it's definitely worth doing the research and finding a place where you feel safe and are able to express yourself fully, but also be able to have that religious ideology as well. Yeah. So last question, Marley. Kind of two of them. <laughs> so walk me through some options of coming out to friends and family, those who accept you and those who don't. Uh, so some options, um, so coming out to friends and family, um, obviously with the rise of social media and internet communication, um, virtual things, um, especially if someone may not feel the most safe doing it in person, mm -hmm. um, that can be a really helpful option. Um, having, having a support person with you can also make that process a lot easier, just doing it, maybe doing it in a public setting, having, like I said, support person with you, uh, those can be super helpful things. I think, I think, I think I touched, touched on the biggest ones. 
Yeah, so the main thing for coming out to those who accept you and those who don't is is do it when you want to and do it where you're safe and comfortable. Do it in a, in a manner that suits you. Some people bake cakes and say, I'm gay. Um, and mm -hmm. some people will sit their family down on the couch and cry to them and say, listen, this is who I am. And, and their reaction does not share anything about who you are. So if they react in a way that you didn't expect, um, if it's negative, then just know that they are learning. They still have some learning to do. And you should take, like Marley has been saying this whole time, everything with a grain of salt. And so, you know, you coming out, that is your experience. And so you do what is right for you, and their reaction says nothing about who you are. You know who you are. Yes, absolutely. Um... And also, just to uh, touch on that a little bit, um, I've been working with uh, Beth Toplin here at the Howell location, and hopefully starting this summer, um, I will be running a LGBT group for parents, uh, for parents of LGBT people. So, you know, that is definitely something that I may, um, that I'm steadily building a library for. So if anyone, you know, in the area or wants to, wants any information on that, that's definitely something that um, we're looking to start hopefully by the end of the summer. Amazing! I'm so excited for that. Do you have any last things to share before we hit our outro? Um, no, no, I, th I think we touched on everything. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Marley. I really enjoyed our interview here. So, you can listen to our podcast uploaded every Monday to gather knowledge on mental health topics that you may be too afraid to ask about. If you or someone you know needs therapy, give Michigan Psychological Care a call. We have options for in-person and telemedicine counseling and therapy. You could see someone like Marley. We have some pretty awesome guest speakers joining us in the next few weeks from topics on mental health in the school system, sex and intimacy issues, just about everything you can think of honestly. We're ready to have these conversations that most people are too afraid to talk about. Don't miss out. Click the follow and the bell button to get notified every time we post. Have any questions or suggestions? Feel free to contact me at my very terrible email, laura.huckamacky at ccmcpsych.com. That's L-A-R-A dot H-A-K-A-M-A-K-I at ccmcpsych.com. All right, we'll see you next Monday.